Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode, and I am excited to have my friend Brandon Miller. So you're going to get two Brandons for the price of one today, and we're just going to be having a conversation about his experience with researching his family history and learning about his ancestry and how that has impacted him and his family and what he's learned from it, and it's just a really interesting story. So I will give you a heads up that... uh, for some reason, the audio on Brandon's end was not the best, and I did my best, and uh, shout out to Austin Penn, who did his best to try to clean it up as much as possible. Still not the best audio, but I still wanted to make sure that we published this conversation and gave you a chance to listen to it. I really hope that you still uh, give it a chance. Uh, it's a short, like, 20 little over 20 minute conversation that I feel is worth listening to, especially if that's something that you are interested in yourself, researching your family history and ancestry. And Brandon gives you some really good tips on how to get started with that and where to go to start looking into that for yourself. So uh, again, apologize for the audio quality, but it's still a great conversation. So hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, As you'll hear, Brandon mentioned he's also a podcaster. We have his uh, co-host on a few weeks ago, John, and they host the Daddyhood Rocks podcast. Uh, so go check that out as well. Uh, make sure you share this episode with anybody you feel would benefit from the information and the conversation. And you can share that via social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Brood Life Podcast. And you can go out to your favorite uh, uh, podcasting platform, whatever that may be, and just subscribe, rate, and review, and that would help out a lot. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation, and I'll see you next time. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Brood Life, and I am excited today to have my friend, another Brandon on the podcast, and we're going to have a great conversation. But before we get started, I'm just going to hand it over to him and let him introduce himself to you guys. My name is indeed Brandon. I'm Brandon Miller. I live in uh, central Illinois. Uh, My wife and my two sons live here. We've been here for uh, about eight and a half years. Well, eight years, probably. And uh, I I have a whole whole bunch of different hats. Uh, I'm an outpatient mental health therapist, soon to be uh, going back into school social work. I love anything mental health related, uh, social justice related. Uh, I love anything uh, family related. And, uh, and so, yeah, my two sons, Xander and AJ, uh, eight and six, full of adventure and fun and questions and uh, tons of energy, especially today. I think someone slipped them some Red Bull. I'm not really sure. I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't me. But, uh, but, you know, I just enjoying life uh, through, you know, through the challenges, through COVID Palooza, um, a fellow podcaster here. We have my, my friend, John and I, who was also a guest yep. uh, previously. Uh, he and I have a podcast for dads called the Daddyhood Rocks podcast. And uh, yeah, we just, we, uh, I don't know, things are going well. And uh, uh, just uh, a regular dude trying to figure out life. Awesome. So, uh the reason you're on here today is we're just going to talk a little bit about family history and researching family history, DNA, ancestry, that kind of stuff. So 
before we get more in depth in that, like what was it that kind of like spurred your interest into looking into and researching your family history and ancestry? That's a great question. Um, so my, both sides of my family, uh, my dad's side, my mom's side is very disjointed. And so I grew up with lots of questions that couldn't be answered. Um, and so I just always had this kind of gnawing sort of just wonder, like what, what was it like for my mom to grow to, to be born in uh, the, the, the hills of, of Virginia or my dad to be born in uh, Northwestern Colorado where I was also born, but he, uh, his, his family, I knew had come from somewhere in the Midwest. It turns out to be Missouri, but uh, I just, I, I didn't know much. So I just was kind of, uh, I, I had resigned myself to thinking that I'd, I'd not ever solve that mystery. And then uh, one of those uh, sort of out from left field conversations with a cousin of mine, uh, she's older than I am, uh, and her biggest passion in life is family history research. And uh, we were uh, talking about family, and she's on my dad's side. And all of a sudden, I got this email from her with about 200 pages worth of genealogy stuff, family history stuff, records. And that, that primed the pump. They're like, oh my goodness, this stuff is intriguing, or this stuff is just wild, uh, or, or, you know, created more questions too. And so that, so that really helped as far as my dad's side of things. And then uh, a few years later, um, so my mom passed away when I was 18. I'm the youngest of four. My mom died when I was uh, uh, just an hour away from my 19th birthday. So didn't have that opportunity to really pick her brain um, and I knew that she had some siblings, um, but I only knew that one of them was still living, but I'd never really met her. And then all of a sudden I got this message on Facebook from my aunt Sherry. She introduced herself to me and said, you know, what? Are, are you, you're Brandon Miller, right? You're Betty Miller's son, right? Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, I am. Well, I'm, 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 I'm your aunt. And so she also, her biggest passion, well, one of her biggest passions is family history research. And so I got a ton of information from her. And so that all, it was just, it was this uh, awakening of, oh my goodness, I get to learn about my family, my, my background. Um, and so it was, it was, it, was, it opened things right up for me. And it was, it was just the beginning of a really exciting adventure for sure. Awesome. So uh, I, like you say, you got information from family members, a, a lot of information what were some of the other tools or resources that you used once you started digging in a little bit more into your family history? Uh, so there are a couple of major, uh, you know, DNA companies and, and family history research companies out there. Uh, so there's like 23andMe, which I had not dug into, but uh, the one I've been familiar with is what I went with first. And that was uh, Ancestry.com. And because they had a lot of free resources, which is awesome. Uh, and also just a, a nice, just a central place to start building your family tree. And then, uh, then they have some Patriot services too, uh, where you can you know, look at, uh, historical, uh, newspaper, uh, uh, pieces. You can look at, uh, uh, all kinds of records. So, you know, census records, all that military records. So that, I, that was kind of the beginning place for me. And then eventually, uh, my, my aunt, uh, inspired me to actually do a DNA test through Ancestry, and so I was I wasn't weirded out by it. I'm, I'm that doesn't bother me as far as you know what what are they going to have on me? You know what are they going to you know are they they're going to have all this information about me and my family that 
you know, the aliens are coming. No, I didn't worry about that, but it was, it was brand new territory. So it was kind of fear of the unknown, but I'll let you know what I really want to know. Cause I don't have any clue. Well, I had a couple of clues, but I didn't really know what my, my background was. So did the, the ancestry DNA test, which was really very cool. And then uh, there are a whole bunch of other websites. Some are free, some are paid. Uh, one is uh, gedmatch.com, uh, so gedmatch.com, and they have all kinds of different uh, tools you can use to, you can upload your raw DNA material, not material, but uh, data from, say, your DNA test from Ancestry or from 23andMe, and it shows you different um, kind of outcomes as far as, hey, here's your background if you're primarily European descent or this or that, so gedmatch was really uh, it's a treasure trove of information, not user friendly, but a treasure trove of information. Right. And then, then things like that. So just a, a lot of free resources and then some that are a little bit on the paid side too. Yeah. That's awesome. I've done the uh, DNA test through Ancestry or Ancestry.com cool. as well. And uh, not a little, I guess a little known fact for people outside of here, but uh, I live in Fort Wayne, Indiana and our uh, library has one of the uh largest and most uh well-known genealogy research areas in the country so i've heard about that and i would so love to make a stop there so yeah yeah i've never been in there actually i've got okay. i've gone online and like use some of their tools that they have through the library website but i have not actually ever been into the genealogy section and i've lived here for 20 oh. years so <laughs> Man, maybe you and I can have a race to see if you can actually get in the doors first. <laughs> right. Uh, that's awesome. So uh, as you were doing the DNA testing and you were researching and connecting things, have has there been any like interesting things that you've discovered about your family that kind of took you by surprise or were just interesting as you started finding out more? Absolutely. One of the 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 little clues I had, but I didn't know what it meant was. So for my mom, I knew that she was born in Virginia during the Great Depression. And then uh, when she was five, uh, there were a couple of, uh, it was a perfect storm. A couple of things that happened. Right around that same time, my, my grandparents, so my mom's mom and dad divorced. And then also at that point in time uh, in Virginia, there was a lawmaker named Walter Plecker, who he believed there, there was such a thing as a pure race. And so he, uh, using eugenics, wanted to uh, kind of this faulty science of, hey, if you have anything less than, you know, just pure white in your family, you cannot pass as white. So the, the, the beginning stages of the one drop rule, yep. and of which we still have all kinds of different variations of that now. But for that, um, Walter Plecker had a county by county hit list of families in Virginia of people who, uh, who had, whether it was uh, Native American uh, ancestry or African American ancestry or Portuguese. And so it was kind of this, uh, the, the triracial blend is, is called Melungeon, uh, or a part of that could also be known as Black Dutch. So I, I heard my mom use the phrase Black Dutch. No idea what that meant when I was a kid. So what happened was, uh, so my, my grandparents divorced and the Walter Plecker guy was sending his people out to try to uh, confirm, hey, these people are trying to pass as white. So my my grandparents sent my mom 
uh, who she was their second oldest. They sent her uh, via train with an uncle to go live in Colorado and they changed her name even for her protection and kind of a, a wild story there. But uh, she, she grew up in Colorado um, under a different name. And so then there was kind of that almost, you know, permanent separation from family of origin for her. So that sparked that interest as far as Melungeon, Black Dutch, what does that mean? And so digging into that, finding out, I mean, everyone says that, you know, they have, you know, you know, a Cherokee uh, aunt or uncle here or there, you know, and uh, there, there's a whole lot of question marks because the thing is with ancestry uh, and with DNA, there's not a, you can't clearly say, okay, here's your Native American right. uh, DNA. So it, it, a lot of times it's, it's kind of a, this, this cocktail of other um, ancestries that, that blend into that. So it's not super clearly defined. Um, so that it's kind of the combination of paper trail and the DNA that shows, you know what, most likely there was some Native American here, Native American here, uh, some uh, free persons of color over here on my family tree. Uh, and so, so then it's really kind of neat when your DNA supports and kind of uh, uh, just kind of goes along with and uh, fills in the blanks as far as your uh, your your paper trail goes. It, it's really fascinating. So learning that part was really cool, and then uh, yeah, just filling in the blanks as far as specifically what uh, what uh, ancestor we do have as a family. That's been really cool. Cool. So. Uh, as you've been learning these things and stuff, like how has it, how is this information and learning more about your family mm -hmm. of origin, how has that uh, impacted you personally? Sure. Um, for one, um, knowing that, so uh, going back to what was going on with uh, the, the Walter Plecker stuff. Um, so it, what his, his journey, this quest of trying to weed out uh, and trying to make a perfect race, um, he forever changed the, traje the trajectory of my family. Mm. Uh, and, and so knowing that, there were people who were being sterilized. Uh, these people who were trying to pass as white, if they, if you were on his county, my county hit list, uh, he would, and has, he would have his uh, different state uh, employees working for him in concert, they would make it impossible for you to go to college. They'd make it impossible for you to buy a home, uh, to have, you know, prop, whatever it was. And so it, it was, you were, you, you were kind of, uh, uh, prevented from joining kind of a mainstream society. They, they made it really difficult once they confirmed that. And so, uh, so seeing that happen for one, just stirred something up in me that this righteous anger sure. that, I mean, it, I, when I, and I'm fascinated by Walter Plecker and, and how this came about, but also I'm very angry uh, yeah. that he affected, you know, tons and tons of lives, uh, people who were so wrongfully treated, um, and just this, the, it was, it was them and then the other. And, and so just, it was this inferiority sort of thing that, uh, what was created, which is just heart wrenching to me. So that's, I think learning that was the beginning for me of kind of grasping social justice. I'm still uh, a relative rookie to that realm, but to me, it matters as far as people being treated equally and not just having access, but uh, just having that equity, not just, uh, just everything where people have the opportunity to get the resources they need to live life to the fullest. Yeah. And so seeing that happening in 
in reverse in my life on, on my mom's side of the tree, that, that really, it wasn't just information for sure, but it was something that it showed me that, and that doesn't just happen in the past. This sort of thing happens today in, in just different ways, more, uh, you know, subtle ways, perhaps, maybe not so subtle ways we, we see going on today. But for me, it really awakened just, uh, a desire to, to grab a hold of social justice and run with it. Yeah. It's so do you, because, because of this, and like, do you feel like you have something like information and you have the story is that you now can like pass on to your sons and yeah. they have more of a identity of where they come from than you had before you did all of this research. For sure. And now one thing that, so I, I'm, I'm an early adopter, uh, you know, when there's a, a chance to belong, I like to jump on board. Sure. Um, and, and so uh, keeping that in check. So one thing that's really cool through, through a specific uh, uh, line on my, my family tree, uh, it's the, the Sizemore family that takes us to kind of a um, connection between Cherokee and, and some white settlers. And, and so with that, I'm, I'm actually a, a member of a, it's, uh, the white top tribe of, of Native Americans. Uh, but it doesn't stay there. It, it's, that's not all, the all encompassing nature of who I am. At first I thought, Oh, I found my people. I found my place. And so I've shared that with my sons, but then also knowing, you know what? I have people in, uh, you know, I have, I have, uh, roots in, uh, Scotland, I have roots in Italy, I have, you know, English and, you know, so forth. So not just trying to be that early adopter and, you know, telling just the, the Melungeon stories or not just the, the, you know, the, the British stories, but, uh, you know, grabbing everything. Hey, this is kind of where our family comes from. We're this wonderful, beautiful mix, just like almost everybody else. Yeah. And let's celebrate that. Um, one real quick thing that was really eye opening. Uh, Ancestry.com, they, they have a, a beautiful uh, YouTube channel uh, called Momondo. And uh, several years ago, they, this, they did this project where they had several people uh, come and uh, who were willing to do a DNA test. And they first interviewed them and asked them, well, what do you think the results are going to be? And very nationalistic, very uh, just uh, kind of close-minded of, you know, people from Iceland and, and all kinds of places in Europe, Africa, and almost everyone was saying, you know what? I'm going to find out that I'm French, that my parents are French, my grandparents are French, and all that. And then um, bit by bit, as they each did their, their DNA tests, and they were, uh, they read through their, their results, just the, the dropped jaws were amazing. And, uh, and so this one lady who thought she was French, came through. She was like maybe 5% French, actually, and mostly uh, Italian and, and British. And she said this, this is for me the core of the day. Uh, she said that, um, she said, I'm going to go a bit far right now in this really cool French accent because she grew up in France. Uh, she said, uh, I think this during a DNA test should be compulsory. There'd be no such thing as extremism in the world if people knew their heritage like that. Like who is, she said this, like who would be stupid enough to think there's one pure race? Because everyone had this beautiful blend of, from all over the planet and we're all alike in that sort of way so i'm really i've grasped that i want my sons to grow up knowing we are no better than anybody else we're, we're all on equal footing here yeah yeah i know that's really good 
So, uh, you know, say somebody is listening to our conversation and, you know, maybe they've tried and weren't successful, or maybe they're just starting to become interested in uh, digging into their family history and their ancestry. Like, what are some, like, tips or some advice that you would give them as they're starting out? Don't be uh, turned off by just all the places that require money. Uh, you can do a ton of research with Google. Actually, I found some really amazing uh, uh, newspaper articles just using Google on my dad's side of the family. Uh, and just for me, the, the thing that really captures me is not just learning about, you know, dates and places and, and but stories. I want the stories. Yeah. And, and using Google helped me find some really either uh, heart-wrenching stories or inspiring stories or, or a combination of the two. And so I'd say use all the free resources available, whether it's the free stuff on Ancestry, whether it's uh, gadmatch.com, whether it's Google, um, and, and also making phone calls to, to, to places where you know your ancestors are from and finding out, hey, uh, can you sh- help me find some records on who owned uh, you know, a piece of property? Or did, did, did my, my uncle, you know, great uncle Ralph Jones own a parcel of land in Missouri during this time period? For me, I found I, I, I was able to get in touch with uh, some people on my dad's side of the family who own tons of farmland in Missouri. And one of these days, I'd love to go check out that farmland where yeah. uh, through through some surprising sources of money, they were able to buy a whole bunch of farmland and they farmed it. So, so yeah, just look at those free resources. And then if you do have funds available, don't just feel stuck to uh, 23andMe or Ancestry DNA. Um, there's, uh, I had really uh, interesting, intriguing results through CRI Genetics. They did a great test, too. A little bit more expensive, but worth the price as far as what you get out of it. So, yeah, just uh, look at different options and, and just start somewhere. Awesome. So, uh, as we're kind of wrapping up the conversation stuff, uh, one question that I ask sure. everybody that comes on my podcast, uh, because it is the brood life is when you are meeting somebody or going out with friends for coffee, what is your drink of choice? Oh, it's coffee. I'm a coffeeholic. Depends on what I'm doing. It will dictate what I'm putting in my coffee. Um, so my day-to-day stuff, I'm a high maintenance coffee drinker. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, so if it's just Folgers, I, I need to doctor it up quite a bit. You know, two Stevie packets, some almond milk or some, some regular milk. Um, I love uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company. Those beans are phenomenal. Um, I'll either drink it black or just a splash of milk or, or almond milk. Uh, if I really am feeling high maintenance, I'll throw in one stevia packet. Um, but if I'm camping or hiking or anything outdoors, I will take a thermos of just black coffee. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I buy from a local roaster here in town and get my coffee delivered to me once a month. Awesome. Uh, black, but the one thing that I've discovered that I like now is just a little bit of oat milk and my coffee. Yeah. It has a nice, uh, rich, heavy kind of taste to it, kind of like uh, heavy cream. So, man, well, you know, a couple months ago when I when we were talking about that just via uh, social media, you didn't, that was, that was not on your radar then. So I, I get the sense that you're slowly becoming a, 
a, a proper high maintenance coffee drinker bit by bit. Oh, a little splash of oat milk by yeah. splash of oat milk. I'm telling yeah. you, that's, that's good. <laughs> Usually I just drink it black, but I'll add a little bit of something in there every once in a while. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's happening. It's awesome. Good. Well, thank you so much for coming on and just sure. sharing some of your story. And I hope that it's encouraging for people who maybe are in the same situation or maybe somebody's listening and this never even crossed their mind and it will inspire yeah. them to go and learn more about their family. No, fantastic. Yeah, I, I really, I, I enjoy the brood life. I love just your, your interview style and just the variety of guests you have on here. It really is encouraging to me as a, a budding podcaster as well. So, so yeah, thanks for what you're doing, Brandon. Yeah, absolutely. And for those listening, make sure you go check out uh, your podcast, the Daddyhood Rocks podcast. So it's worth yeah. a listen. Awesome. Yeah, we even, we had we had you on as a yes. guest, and that was a, yeah. that was a great episode too. So, yeah, thank awesome. you.